As I make this video on December 18th, we are on day 43 of free agency, and it has been a total of 42 days, no deals done. Since Craig Council, not a single player has been signed. We're going to talk about the September blowup of the bullpen and how Jed Hoyer and crew make sure this never happens again, especially coming up here in 2024. If you're not subscribed to the Setup Man podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Heck, go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. Like I mentioned, we're talking about the bullpen today. I did already do a starting pitching breakdown. If you missed that video or podcast, go check it out. We're talking all things Chicago Cubs for their offseason. It has not been a pretty one so far, and especially after starting out super strong and coming out with that statement of Craig Council, it just feels like it's been a deflated balloon the rest of the time. Again, 42 days, no deals. But now's the time that we start looking at how to fix this bullpen. In 2023, you see the numbers, 13th and ERA at 385. That's actually pretty dang good. That's the best ERA that their bullpen has had since 2018 when they led the NL in ERA at 335. And that was actually second best in the majors to the Houston Astros. This year, they were seventh in strikeouts, which was an improvement. Fifth in home runs allowed, so definitely some good numbers there, but 24th in walks. So walking too many guys makes those home runs hurt a little bit more. The problem really, though, as we all unfortunately remember, was September. In that month alone, they lost five games that they held a lead in the eighth inning or later. Guys, in the last 50 years, that only happened two other times in a month. That just tells you how much of an implosion this truly was. At one point, there was a 92% chance this team was making it to the playoffs. And with three or four days left to go, it was like a 0.1% chance, whatever it looked like. At least it felt that way, right? Now, the big issue was injury and overuse. That was the biggest part of this. Mark Leiter, for example, was tied for the most appearances from a Cubs pitcher. Jose Quas actually had the most appearances on the roster, but that was time between the Cubs and the Royals. But Leiter had 69 appearances for a total of 64 and a third innings before September. He had a 284 ERA and was one of the best reliable guys in this bullpen and an opponent's batting average of 177 OPS of 578. He was not letting anyone get anything off of him, but then for 10 games in September, he had an 859 ERA opponents hit 400 the OPS 1233 over seven and a third innings. That's a hall of famer. Every time someone was coming to the plate, they had hall of fame numbers against lighter. Then Albert Alzali, 57 games for 63 innings leading up to September, but right around September 10th was when he was shut down. He pitched in one more game on September 29th, but by that time it was pretty much all hope being lost. Michael Fulmer had appeared in 57 games for 56 and a third innings until he was also basically shut down for the season. And it now seems that he will miss all of 2024 with a UCL repair. But the biggest bright spot was Julian Merriweather. Like Leiter, he appeared in a team leading 69 games. And if you take out his first appearance of the year, he had a 278 ERA over 71 and a third inning, something you hope to see him repeat in 2024. Each of these four pitchers averaged 63 appearances. And again, that's with a number of them missing three or four weeks out of the season. After that, Michael Rucker had the most relief appearances with just 35. 
So you can kind of point at Ross for overworking the guys, or you can point at the front office for not giving Ross enough weapons there. Either way, the past is the past at this point, and the front office really needs to kind of take this 2023 and learn from those mistakes. So before we talk about how to actually fix this bullpen, let's get a picture of what it looked like if we started the season today. Assuming the Cubs carry five starters, eight relievers, and maybe a ninth reliever, but we're going to assume eight for right now. We've got Albert Alzali, Julian Merriweather, Mark Leiter Jr., Daniel Palencia, Luke Little, Javier Assad, Jose Quas, and some combination of probably Hayden Wisniewski and Keegan Thompson. Now, there's some serious potential there, but we, again, want to stop talking about potential. We want to talk about what is a great best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario that we can live with, not the other way around. And so for that... We're really looking at three different routes to try and fix this bullpen. Number one, no one's going to be excited about this, but sticking with the bullpen as is. Even though there's no Michael Fulmer, even though I think this bullpen on paper is not what we want to go into on the season, it is still much better than day one of 2023. Ross had no defined closer. He had a bunch of experiments going on. And it really took the, the first two months of the season to kind of figure out all of those roles in the bullpen. With this bullpen, though, you have the defined closer in Alzali. You have a defined setup man in Merriweather and a number of different options that you can kind of get through those sixth and seventh innings. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I was begging for David Ross to pitch Luke Little in higher caliber, higher leverage situations. Little did nothing but impress in his very few appearances that he got six and two thirds innings, seven appearances. He struck out 12 and only allowed five hits. But the crappy part about this was that Ross never pitched him in big game situations. They were either behind or they were ahead big in all seven of those appearances. So if we see the same Luke Little in the very limited time that we got in 2023, but over an entire season in 2024, that could be like adding a big-time lefty without going out and spending a bunch of money. Speaking of big-time lefties, I've got one that's coming up. You can probably guess who he is. He's out on the free agency market. We'll get to that in a second. The other guy I want to talk about is Daniel Palencia. He's also a guy that I would really like to see more of in 2024. He wasn't by any means lights out during 2023, but he had his moments. 16 of his first 19 appearances, he put up zeros. And he had a 332 ERA in those first 19, but like the rest of the Cubs bullpen, major, major struggles in September, posting a 573 ERA in 10 games. And if he's going to contribute in 2024, I think the biggest thing that you'd like to see him do is tighten up that command and miss a lot more bats. When you're throwing 100, 101 miles an hour, there should be more than just a barely a, a K per inning. Now, I'd also love to see Hayden Wisniewski and Caleb Killian and Keegan Thompson figure things out. But at this point, I'm not putting any of my eggs in that basket. There is, however, Javier Assad, And Assad really ended up taking that Keegan Thompson kind of role in 2023. And he was magnificent at it. It really was not unusual for him to throw three shutout innings or be in a high leverage situation in the seventh or the eighth inning. And so if he can repeat that kind of performance again and maybe even make a spot start here or there, you could be looking at a really reliable five, six, maybe even seven guys to take on the load rather than just Ross's top four like last year. 
The next option is the farm system, and that's really what Jed Hoyer has hinted towards being excited about for the bullpen. So there's a lot of hype around guys like Jackson Ferris, Cole Franklin, a few others, but if we're talking about immediate impact, I think that's going to come from Ben Brown. The Cubs got Brown again in a trade for David Robertson from the Phillies in 2022, and he was pretty much untouchable in double a in his first four starts. And then he was promoted to triple a right away. He struggled a bit. He started 15 games, posted a 485 ERA. He missed all of August with an injury, but then pitched out of the bullpen in September, which seemed to be a telling sign of where the Cubs saw him going. It, it still didn't get much better. His numbers weren't good from the bullpen, but I do see that as Brown's quickest route to the majors. He could get that Justin Steele kind of treatment. If you do remember when Steele came up, he was in some lower leverage situations then he got kind of into some higher leverage situations and then eventually making some spot starts. And now he's pretty much the ace of this team. I can see Brown being eased in that way. And especially, I mean, six, six, and that kind of fastball touching 98 from the bullpen, that could be a great internal addition from the farm system. The only problem is that he and Hayden Wisniewski have been in a lot of trade rumors recently. And that leads me really to the final option here, which is the open market. A trade could definitely happen. It could be one of those two guys I just mentioned, but since there's really not been any trade rumors about the Cubs getting anyone in a trade for a bullpen piece. I'm just going to focus on the free agents. Chicago has really been linked heavily to Robert Stevenson and Josh Hader. Now, aside from Hader's ties to Craig Council, I just don't know if I see that as realistic. He's been heavily disliked in Chicago for a long time, mainly because he's damn good. And he's probably going to get the richest, one of the richest contracts in MLB history for relievers. He also seems like a poor fit for the clubhouse. If you remember, Hader refused to pitch for more than one inning when Bob Melvin told him to warm up for a four out save. So take whatever side you want on that. I don't really care, but honestly, if council calls for hater and pitch in the eighth inning and he refuses, I know as a Cubs fan, you're going to be pissed. So for those reasons, I think the Cubs are out on hater. Stevenson is a fine addition. He was pretty much unhittable down the stretch for the Rays last year. And really in his final 18 games of the season, he only allowed one run in 16 innings, just five hits. That's a, crazy stupid slash line of 94 that's right an 094 batting average 111 on base percentage and 189 slugging the closest thing to unhittable that you're gonna see the problem is the veteran has been really hot and cold most of his career since he came into the league in 2016 he has never posted a full season with an era under three and his career era is 464 not that impressive so even if the cubs sign him you're really just looking at a decent sixth or seventh inning pitcher, not a game changing type of signing, but I could see the Cubs going somewhere in the middle of that between a hater or Stevenson type. I really, really selfishly like Hector Neris. I think the Cubs could get away with a two or three year deal for Neris with an AAV under 10 million. In the last four seasons, this guy has been one of the most reliable pitchers in baseball. Now I'm not including 2020. So this 2019 2021, 22, and 23, Neris has appeared in at least 68 games each of those years, thrown at least 65 innings, and he's coming off his best year with a 171 ERA. If the Cubs could get a guy like this, now you have an opportunity to slot him into the eighth inning or even potentially as a closer. Merriweather becomes your seventh inning guy. Think about that. And this is the type of deal that I really see this bullpen becoming now, especially the back in the bullpen becoming a strength. And if the Cubs continue to do absolutely nothing this offseason, at least 
you have this going into the season because one of the things that we learned in 2023 that they have the offense that can get them a lead. The starting pitching, not the best, but at least kept them in games. And if the offense comes back with the same approach in 2024 and the bullpen can hold down even five more leads than they did in 2023 and think about how miserable they were in May and September, you're not talking about holding down a too many more leads. You're looking at an 88 win team minimum. That's still not quite the place you want to be to ensure a playoff spot, but adding another bat or two could help with that. And that's what I'm going to look into next. So far, the Cubs are down a big bat with Cody Bellinger here in 2024. There's been talk of him coming back, maybe Reese Hoskins, maybe a trade. What is this offense going to look like coming up in the new year? Make sure that you're subscribed to this channel so you know when I drop that episode. We're going to really do a deep dive into this offense and who's out there and who looks like a good fit for the Cubs. Well, Cubs fans, here's to hoping that I get to erase that 42 off the board and put a big old zero because I'm waiting for a deal. Let's make this thing happen. For now, I'm going to go put my arm on ice. We'll see you next time.